This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. But, you know, as far as, as far as the world goes, like, um, it's, it, you know, I'm willing to put up with players who make mistakes, um, when it's, when, when efforts not, not in question, uh, for Zaboral, he just doesn't, he just, he's, like I said, I think I said it a few weeks ago. He doesn't have, uh, he doesn't have a motor is what I think I said. He, he, he's just out there. He's just out there. He, he, you know, it's, Which is he's, really, he's, he's not a gamer is my point. It's unfortunate too, because there was a lot of hope for him coming into the season that the injury that he had that knocked him out for the majority of the year, he never came back from it was fully healed and he was feeling comfortable and feeling confident um, in the way that his recovery had gone, his health, um, it almost was like he was getting a new lease on life and coming into the season, there were a lot of high hopes for him. Um, and those just, there are a few guys you can think of that came in with higher expectations and they ended up with, despite the fact that most of the team is playing to or above the potential they thought they had the Riley Zaboral Smith. These are some of the guys that, um, have faded when we didn't necessarily expect them to fade. You know, and, and when it comes to Saboral, and I believe I don't believe I'm mistaken because I'm looking at cap friendly, but he's he's making just under one four this year and just under one four next year, um, and then he's a he's a UFA, and it's one of those situations where it's like, is it could he be a guy you try to move right? Like, would teams be willing to take on him at one four as opposed to Riley at three eight? whatever Riley's making. Yeah, and, then, and the like, Bruins you know, still having to take half of that, then it could right. be similar numbers. If yeah. Exactly, exactly. So maybe maybe that could be something that they explore too. But, you know, it's it, if you put on if you put on the Bruins jersey, unless unless you're Mitch Miller, um, I'm not, I'm never going to I'm never going to root actively root against you. Like I'm I want these guys to succeed like hello. So I'm not like going out of my way to, to, to shit on Zaboral. I'm just telling you what I see. He's a guy who's battling for position on this roster. He goes out there every game that he's out there and he tries to rely on his natural ability to make the first pass here and the first pass there and his skating ability. But when it comes to the nitty gritty of the game, which he just doesn't, he's just not there for me and bailing out on a play that leads directly to a goal that ends up being, not the game winner, but pretty damn close to it because it's you know you you never recovered as a team. So, um, you know that that's my thoughts on Zaboral. Um, Clifton, I think that he mentioned. I think uh, did you have the interview with Connor or was it Scott? Yeah. It was you? Yeah. So when you talked to him, he he, he talked about having um, having to step up his game with elevated minutes 
in the absence of McAvoy. And it's one of those situations where when things are asked of you, you step up to the occasion. And then when somebody comes back into that lineup, it's only natural to maybe kind of cower right under their shadow a little bit. And um, I don't think that's the case with him. I just think that taking him away from Lindholm didn't help because he was playing a really, he was playing the best hockey he's ever played as a pro alongside Lindholm. And quite frankly, Lindholm to me looked as good as in the Bruins Jersey when he was with Clifton as if he was with anybody mm-hmm. else. I, so I just, I, I know they're trying to maybe get Carlo going and this and that and find different combinations just to have them. But but like, do you need to get Carlo going? Like no. I feel like Carlo is, is the same player with most combinations and he just played like, he's not an offensive guy. You're not like, Oh, let's see if we can get him to jump in the play more. No, you don't necessarily even want that. <laughs> so um, he had like a shorthanded uh, chance in the game today. But other than that, other than him teeing it off from the point, you're not like trying to get him going offensively or anything like right. that. So I agree with you on that point that, and then it'll be interesting when Forbert comes back because that changes the dynamic as well. Um, do you do like somehow a Carlo Forbert pair? It doesn't make a lot of sense on paper, but um, it does yeah. if you if we, it does if you tell them to use their size and just box people out and keep them to the outside. I think again, if if Clifton's gonna play the way he was playing earlier with Lindholm, like I just think the Bruins are better off just accepting the fact that we're gonna put Carlo in the third pair. And yeah. you know, if if it has to change down the road, down the line, it has to change. But I just think it's not it's no coincidence that you know, Clifton isn't as noticeable right now because he's playing with Carlo. And when Carl, or I don't know if he was playing with Carlo, maybe he was playing with Strawman. Well, he know. was, yeah, he was playing with Strawman to start the game. And he also last game was playing with Zaboral. Right. Um, yeah, so it just, yeah. So wait, and he's somebody that brings those intangibles as well. So even though he wasn't as noticeable, he's still laying hits on guys. Like he's still able to affect the energy level of the game and, and, you know, step things up physically and he has done that consistently throughout the season, though he was showing offensive signs um, and, you know, puck carrying and puck moving um, signs that he maybe didn't have in past seasons. Um, and you don't want him to slow down, right? You want to keep the momentum going for him. So maybe move him back with Lindholm and and keep, you know, McAvoy like a pair. And I'm perfectly happy with how those look. But there is going to be some sort of shakeup, probably when Forbert comes back. Just because, um, I mean, technically you could go Forbert Carlo, but what that looks like offensively is not really what Montgomery has described as his style, which is that he wants more of an offensive-minded back end, um, especially in like joining the rush and different. You're not really going to see Carlo and Forbert joining the rush too much, so. I, but yeah, then but again, I, you, you know, know, scoreboard. Yeah, get, no, him, exactly. get him in there. Exactly. I, I don't know. I just kind of think like if you if you have Carlo and Forbert on two different pairs, I think to play devil's advocate, you're kind of giving yourself. You're slowing down two pairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of, sort of. Like, I, I, you know, I just think like if if the Bruins come at you with 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 McAvoy and Grizzly and then and then Lindholm and and and, and Clifton, I just think. I just think you're a much faster team because it all starts with transition. And then, like I said, you can spot, you can spot Carlo and, and, and Forbert with D zone draws and, you know, different, you know, it's just, there's ways to go around it. And, and again, like you know, Forbert and, and, and Carlo, like, they know how to play hockey. Like they can, they're capable of making breakout passes, but it's just a matter of, I don't know. It's just, it's just how I feel. I, I, I Clifton was playing so well 
Lindholm was playing so well. They've both gone a little quiet in the production category the last couple of games. And I just think there's something to that. Um, now, obviously, yeah. Lindholm played 26 minutes tonight and McAvoy mm-hmm. played 28. So he's obviously affecting the game in other ways. It's just, yeah, they I just both had played, it. they both had played over 25 minutes in regulation. Um, they had eaten a lot of time, like we mentioned, because Strawman was getting less time too. That left more minutes for other guys. Um, McAvoy getting power play time again. Uh, Lindholm with time on the second unit power play. Um, one guy that never seems to fade is Charlie McAvoy. Um, and a few more points to make about him. Um, we already mentioned that one of his hits was kind of the turning point of the game. And he didn't have a point on the scoreboard tonight, but he was still obviously an influential player uh, for the team. And so when coach was asked about him after the game, he gave another one of his little, um, you know, Montgomery isms and said, uh, he likes to compare the team to animals. So he said, he's got God given talent and the heart of a lion. <laughs> so that's, that's probably McAvoy. Uh, that it, and Marshawn is a Tasmanian devil and Greer is a tiger. I think, I think Monty just, reads like 15 to 20 fortune cookies every game before every game and just gets these things in his mind because these are not thoughts a normal person has before a game <laughs> dragons and, and 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 tigers and bears it's just you know oh my it's just i don't know what the hell is wrong with this guy but i love the poo bears and the meth bears yeah exactly exactly no i mean you know, mcavoy like like we said um just looking more and more comfortable like i said i think i think the game against um uh, what game is it we were just referencing? Uh, what what game did he have? Okay, so Tampa and the game before Tampa, I forget who it was against, but he had uh, he had six points in those two games. And we commented on the last podcast about how offensively you see him getting back to, to who he is. Um, but this game in particular uh, really showed you, all right, he's got the confidence physically um, in that aspect of his game too now. Mm-hmm. It was that Chicago game. Yes, that's oh, that's right. How could I forget? Um, yeah, yeah. well, it's kind of forgettable. Um, but I mean, it was a huge win, but still a little forgettable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Against a just, team that you're not worried too much about. Yeah, but but, but like you know, all, now it's all coming together for him. Like he he showed he showed that the offense is now back. Um, and again, even when he first started this year, back from injury, like he was playing great especially for somebody who hadn't played and was just coming off of an injury and had no preseason to speak of, obviously. But what, I, what I'm saying is like Mac, McAvoy is when he's on his game, he's, he's a top, you know, two, three, four defenseman in the national hockey league. And so he's, he's at that point now he, he, he's gotten back to that level of play, which when you're first coming back the first few games, you're just getting your wind under you, your timing. Um, but his, his offense is there. He's, his reads are there. And the physicality is now there too. Like, you know, Shvechnikov is a, he's a big boy. He likes to play physical. Uh, you alluded to the, taking the two guys out at once, the bowling pin, the bowling ball uh, move. So he's, he's there, he's back. And he looks like a hockey player now too. He's got, he's got the black guy and the stitches oh, and stuff. Poor kid. Oh, it's not good. Um, yeah. He doesn't shy away from being physical. Um, and <laughs> His, uh, oh no, his nose, his one whole half of his face is just swollen. Uh, that happened against Florida. He, his nose has a giant cut on it now. And he went um, out Thanksgiving to serve turkey and pies. And the Bruins had all these pictures up. And I'm like, is that Charlie McAvoy? 
because that's how he looked like Chucky from Child's Play, more like. That's yeah. That's how uh, <laughs> um, unrecognizable his face was that first day after after getting <laughs> injured, and he did go down the tunnel for a little bit in that game against Florida and came back, which was obviously encouraging. But for a second, you're like, oh no, like that. This is not. There's some players like okay, we have depth at defenseman, but you lose Charlie McAvoy, and that's a different kind of story. Absolutely. No, no, it's, it's a, it was a huge, huge um, sigh of relief there. So uh, I guess we haven't really touched on the ending Bridget of this game. Um, maybe we did briefly, but uh, David Pasternak scores his 14th goal of the season. Um, oh, wow. I'm looking at the league leaders right now. J- Jason Robertson in Dallas has 16 goals. What a, what a good story he's been the last couple of years. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, so Pashnak gets the game-winning goal in the power play. He is, uh, he's, he's, uh, where is he now? Oh wow! Oh, oh wow! Okay, so he's second in the league in scoring, right behind McDavid. So McDavid's got thirty-five points. Pashnak has thirty-two. Robertson has thirty-one. Drysaddle thirty-one. So we, you know, so he's he's playing some phenomenal hockey. Um, gets the game-winning goal in the power play in his office, um, and gives them gives the Bruins the NHL record for for home wins to start a season, which is. Um, you know, anytime you can talk about NHL history, we'll talk about it for sure. I mean, that's 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 pretty wild. Um, <laughs> when we're t- considering we're talking about a team entering the season where it was survive, 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 survive until Thanksgiving, right? And here we here we are at Thanksgiving, and they're they're eighteen and three, not bad. Um, in in given the obstacles the Bruins had to overcome from the drop of the puck this year with key guys out, um. For this to be the year that they set an NHL record for consecutive home wins to start a year uh, at 12 and 0, in addition to their overall record of 18 and 3, it's just like to say, like anybody saw this coming, just doesn't even begin to describe how how unfathomable unfathomable this start is for them. And just a historic week in general with Bergeron getting his 1,000th point. And then, um, you know, that's a, a big accomplishment, individual accomplishment, even though it feels like a team accomplishment because a lot of the guys that have been around him for a long time, like Marshawn, have helped him, you know, set him up for that. Like, um, so they're a huge part of those points as well. Um, so just that, even that felt like a team accomplishment. Bergeron was honored um, in the first period in one of the time, media timeouts. Um, he was, they showed him and they showed his 1000th point, like the highlight. And then they, they had the tribute for him up on the board and the cameras on him. And he's just like waving like awkwardly. Cause he hates the camera being on him and he hates like any sort of recognition of himself at all and he talked about it after the game and he was like I was really hoping they took the camera off me <laughs> it was very much done with having the camera on me because he just doesn't like that kind of stuff he was more willing to talk about the history of of it and and the accomplishment and obviously all of them were asked about it Krejci was asked um you know when you decided to come back this season did you have any idea that this is going to be the start the Bruins are going to have and he was like no, none of us could really predict this one. Um, obviously, they knew they had a good team, but they didn't know they had a team that could just be so ridiculously resilient. And 
by the way, you could be a great team and still have at least one loss at home at this point in the season. Like they could, they could have even in like a close game could have been, you know, an overtime loss today, like today, but they haven't. So um, to be perfect at home is more than just like, you're like a feat of a good team. It's a, it's unheard of, obviously first time in I think 105 years um, that any NHL team has done it. So, and Bergeron said that too. He's like, it's the league's been around so long over a hundred years. So to, to do something like this is a big deal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Th- think of the greatest teams to ever to ever play in the NHL. They never did this, right? Like it, that's the best way to look at it. Um, so it's crazy. Did you? I, I meant to ask. Uh, they didn't show it on TV, so I couldn't really tell. Did you notice in person if the Hurricanes bench recognized Bergeron when they uh, when they yeah. when they did? Yep. That's that's good. I was I, I was curious to see if they if they did that, but they didn't show. They yeah, showed. They on, did. On TV, they like the camera that they used on TV was like ice level camera up at the scoreboard that like had Bergeron's name. I was like, why the hell would you choose an ice level camera to look up at the scoreboard? Like you have cameras around the rink, you know, show the benches, you know, show this or that. It was just kind of like they showed Bergeron for like a second on the bench, but they didn't show like they didn't really show the, the crowd oh, much or the opponents well, or anything. In stadium, it was very different. In stadium, it was just Bergeron up on the board for like. Uh, like it felt like two minutes straight and he was like please take me off the board he kept waving and like looking around like oh I'm still up there okay I'll wave again uh and then you know you'd think they would have panned to like some of the guys but no I just kept it on Bergeron I mean sure give him his moment obviously he deserves it but he was uncomfortable as hell and yeah there was uh you know the building obviously got really loud for him and I'm sure he appreciates it but he'll never talk about himself um ever so and and the other team obviously the, the hurricanes showed him respect um during the during the timeout i know i guess i didn't realize they didn't show it on tv but um how could you not it's patrice bergeron right no yeah exactly i was kind of like oh, that's things things you like to see in that moment is kind of like the the entire atmosphere and yeah they didn't show much of it so um Bridget, the Bruins have three days off. They actually have a pretty quiet week here. They have uh, they got three days off, and they play uh, Lightning on Tuesday night. Then they have another like th- four days off, right? And then they play on Saturday uh, against the Avalanche. So, and then Monday against Vegas. So the schedules they they have an opportunity here to rest up between some really tough matchups, which I think is important, right? I mean, you know. You don't want to be playing these these great teams in a you know in the middle of like a you know three and four because it's just you're not you're not going to be able to give them their best and properly prepare for them. So uh, I think this I think these off days as much as it sucks for us because we like to watch them play, um, especially when they're playing like this. I think it's I think it's good for the team to, to rest up. Um, if Derek Forbert is available at some point in the near future, they're going to have to make a decision because they're going to be up against it uh, cap wise, right? Like there's mm-hmm. no. When he comes back, correct me if I'm wrong, but if, when he comes back, there's no more uh, rope, right? Like they have to make a decision on something. Yeah, unless for some reason they put Allmark or Smith on IR, which doesn't look like they're going to have to do that. So um, unless they somehow find more money to put on IR, then yeah, they're at the end of the line here. They, which they've they've gone farther than we thought, right? We thought when McAvoy came back, that was it. But because of the forward injury and, and putting him on long-term IR, um, 
I assume that the move is coming soon here. We, we haven't really heard too much about the progress of Forbert though. Um, so we'll, we'll see when he's available, but. Right. I mean, saying reporting on reporting that somebody's skating in practice doesn't really help you when it was a, uh, a broken finger, right? Like that's not going to affect their legs. So you can't really read too much into that other than the fact that, you know, he's out there and whatever, but um, all right. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to touch on? Oh, well, you know, they finally t- today, technically they released the winter classic jerseys um, that we already got a chance to look at and, and react right. to the other day because it was leaked early. And mm-hmm. those are in fact, the jerseys that we gave what, like a C, C plus. <laughs> Yeah. C, C plus with the potential to look like a look like a B plus on the ice, maybe on side. They could they'll look better on the ice, but it was a very anticlimactic uh reveal because of the leak early and because mm. there the the response was like, eh. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I mean they're better than Pittsburgh's. That's not saying much. I think Pittsburgh's are pretty bland. I mean, I, I think I think I can understand if people if people tell me Pittsburgh's are better. I would disagree, but I can see why one would think that. I mean, it's because it's it's like a light cream and it's kind of simple and whatever. I, I think they're kind of – I don't think there's much to them. Um, but, yes, yes, they technically did unveil them today, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting one. I, I'm not not – to, not to sound like Scott, I don't really buy jerseys either, but if I were to buy a jersey, it probably wouldn't be this one. Why don't so. you just buy like a meth bear beanie? And yeah. call it a day. Yeah, or like a starter jacket or something. Or the Pooh Bear. The Pooh Bear is nice. Yeah, no, that is nice. It, hey, just like they're undefeated at home, they're undefeated in the Pooh Bears. So mm-hmm. I think they should keep them for longer than uh, January. Because I think I think Scott said that they're, they're done wearing them once the new year happens, So, which sucks. I think they're going to have to change that. They already tried to wear them an extra time. Then <laughs> they had to change them because they came out in warm-ups wearing white. And I forget who the other team was, but they're, all, they're also wearing white. And they're like, ah, oh, that's right. You can't just wear yeah. theirs, whatever. No, the Bruins thought it was a good idea to to throw white jerseys on when they're playing a team from British Columbia that's like in the middle of a two week road trip. And <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys don't have your homes? All right, I guess we'll throw ours on. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, that was odd. That was really odd. Yeah. So much jersey drama this year. Yeah. Why? Wow. What was some other drama? Anything? What was the other drama? No, it's just you know the, the all the reveals and all oh, the oh, reverse yeah, yeah. retros and right, right. everything. Yeah. Been a lot yeah. of fashion segments. A lot of fashion segments, and the, hey, I don't think anybody's complaining. We like to talk fashion here. So, um, poor poor Scott is his his U.S. soccer team. I think it has like one goal in two, in 180 minutes of sub soccer. So that's tough to sell the sport. <laughs> domestically yeah but you know there but uh, i saw someone tweet that the u.s is undefeated against england since 17 whatever like forever 1776 (laughs) but yeah so (laughs) and then i saw steve peralt tweet uh (laughs) the is it what was it usa uh beats England, nothing to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> because it felt like they were gonna lose to England, so he just said, "Yeah, USA beats England zero zero. I saw that. I saw that trending on Twitter. I, it, the the tweet, the the trend was was yeah, US US wins one, US wins zero zero. <laughs> <laughs> that. So whatever. 
Um, I don't know soccer, bro. That's I don't know how much the overlap is in the soccer crowd, the World Cup watching crowd to the Bruins crowd. I was getting texts about the soccer game during me trying to cover the Bruins, and I was like, "Yeah, no, I don't have it on." Someone was like, "Oh, do you you got the game on?" No, you want to know what other game I had on? UMass Amherst versus UMass Lowell and Belfast. <laughs> oh, they oh, is that what they're playing right now? They're playing the friendship four right now, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, um, look, I res- I respect soccer. I respect uh, you know, well, I respect that it came out in I think it was a Belgium jersey after the game. I mean, the guys on the team pay attention. Yeah, a lot I mean, of the I, European guys do. I mean, it's the you know as as much as we focus on hockey. I mean, soccer is is the most popular sport in the world. So I mean, I, I respect it for that reason. Like I just I respect that. Um, for me personally not enough happens in the game for me to watch it, but, um, you know, anywho, I think when we start talking about soccer on the skate pod, there's probably not as many things to talk about hockey left. So I think we're probably good to wrap it up. If yep. you are. <laughs> yeah, we're good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will talk soon. Hopefully Scott's feeling better. Um, and we, yeah, we'll probably talk Monday or Tuesday after they play the lightning in the rematch. So thank you for listening. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and we'll talk to you soon.